0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Madella, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Madella, the mark of the fight. Brick responsibly. you reported by Crown Court, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And, of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Most of them, at least. Here on the podcast are courtesy of my Sirius XM show on volume, which is heard every day live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on channel 106 replaying every night 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern and on demand on the Sirius XM app. Get a little taste of what goes on there here on this podcast, but I urge you to join me and listen live every day. Get involved, call in and come on board if you are not already on the daily show on volume. So I'll see you out there about on the road. I'm going to be all over the place, as I just mentioned. Follow on social media to keep up. If you're going to the Hair Nation tour, I'll see you in Vegas. I'll see you in Phoenix, Anaheim, Los Angeles. And later on in the tour, I'll see you at the stop in Houston. bunch of other stuff going on. It's on the homepage of my website, eddytrunk.com. So let's uh, hit our break here and come back and spend some time talking with Wolf Hoffman, of except on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, guys, and I know there's a lot of guys in my audience. Are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Well, get to bluechew.com. That's blue bluechew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. Check this out. They've got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so they work. And since they're chewable, they're, they will work faster than a pill. And you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And this stuff is cheaper than those other two, so this really is a no-brainer. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line because Blue Chew ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. And the deal gets even better for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use promo code TRUNK, T-R-U-N-K. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code TRUNK. BlueChew.com. Promo code TRUNK. First shipment free. Just pay the five bucks for shipping. Give it a try. BlueChew.com. Use promo code TRUNK. Hi, this is Jeff Risden, and you are listening to Real GM Football Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Twice a week, we will bring you analysis of what happened in the NFL and what's going to happen next. We have a wide range of special guests lined up, from former NFL players to draft analysts that you recognize, former officials, and even some guest prognosticators to help pick some games. It's going to be a lot of fun to bring this to you twice a week. You can get Real GM Football Radio every Tuesday and Friday on the Podcast One Sportsnet or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hey, if you guys like this show, you need to check out CarCell. Cab- hey, welcome back. It's Eddie Trunk, and now we get to our interview. And this week, it's with Wolf Hoffman of Accept. Enjoy. Wolf, how are you, man?
1: Eddie, how's it going? Excellent. Good.
0: Been a while. How's things in your world? Everything good?
1: Yeah, man. Everything is rocking. Rocking, rocking, rocking. We're ready to hit the road again. We've actually been busy this year. Heck, hell, we've been busy... The last 10 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ever since you got that Tornillo guy in your band, you've been going nonstop.
1: I know. Remember that day when we came to your show? That's like, what, almost 10 years ago now, it seems like.
0: I remember uh, I remember Mark. Uh, for people that don't know, of course, Mark Tornillo has been the, the singer in except Now, as Wolf says, for about 10 years. And Mark and I have known each other, gosh, for well over 35 years, probably, being both Jersey guys. But I remember Mark... I will never forget Mark calling me and saying, (laughs) so I got to come over. I said, (laughs) what's up? He comes over, comes down into my uh, office. He goes, I want to play you something. And what is this? He goes, this is me singing an accept. I said, what? You're an electrician. (laughs) What are you doing singing an accept? (laughs) and that was of course the the first album which is i think now that you made with mark which i think is now a classic a a modern classic of course and yeah you blink your eyes and it's almost 10 years right
1: crazy as a matter of fact i was just sitting here going through some older songs for a new set list and i heard some of the old tracks from blood of the nation some of the stuff that i haven't heard in years and i was actually thinking gosh this is really good (laughs)
0: well you guys are in a you have a good problem because now you've got this catalog of records with mark which of course started with blood of the nations and then of course all the old stuff like metal heart which i just played so i imagine when you do go out and play as you've been doing all over the world it's getting harder and harder to make everybody happy with the set
1: yeah but you know after a while you realize you can't make everybody happy so you go I, I try to please the majority of the people. I mean, there's always the obscure fan that wants to hear obscure obscure deep album cuts. And, you know, you got to say, man, if we play that song, it's going to please you. But what about the rest of the people? Not everybody knows everything. So you got to once in a while, we, we throw some stuff in that we haven't played so often. But, you know, yeah. But I think you, you said it. We have a, a luxury problem here. We have so many songs to choose from. It's really great. You know, I just had a
0: conversation with one of my callers on the radio show exactly about this point, Wolf, where you have that fan, that segment of your fan base that knows every song you ever made. And when you go out and you play live, they want to hear a different set all the time. Every night they want to see things changing. But then you as an artist, you don't want to lose the audience because, you know, when you do some of that stuff, it takes the steam out of the crowd. So it is really a balancing act, right? Right.
1: It totally is. And it's not like we haven't tried it. I mean, we've tried to play songs that, oh, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. And then you go out and you play it at a certain spot in the the show and you just feel the crowd go, you know, and you figure like, uh, okay, that didn't work so well. Let's, let's stick with the stuff that the majority of the people know because that's what it's all about. You know, if you lose the momentum, then that's no good. You know, maybe you're pleased that those few super fans that know everything, but, you know, that's not what it's all about.
0: Well, I was thinking about it for a band like Accept. I mean, you guys were never built on hits. You, you're not a radio band per se, where you've got you know like Def Leppard has like ten radio hits. People know if they know the the best known Accept song, I would think would be Balls to the Wall. Would you agree with that?
1: Probably, yeah. Oh yeah, it has to be. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe Fast as a Shark is a second. I don't know, but you know.
0: So when I look at it, like, tell me if I'm wrong, but as far as songs that you probably have had to play ever since uh-huh. the records were originally released, what would you say would be probably Balls to the Wall, Metal Heart, Fast as a Shark?
1: Uh, "Princes of the Dawn. Um, that's probably the one. That, those are the four that I can think of right now that we always play, I, I think.
0: Midnight Mover? Nah,
1: sometimes, not always. But, yeah, it's here in the U.S., it's better known than in some of the other parts of the world. Now we'll, you, we'll, we'll, it's, in, it's in the set list right now, but there's been times where we didn't play it. Yeah.
0: Now you, as a guy who, who wrote or co-wrote these songs and recorded them and had been playing them for 40 years or whatever it's been on stage. Be honest with me. Is, does it get boring ever? Would you wish you could, could drop them or, you know, you can't, and you just have to deal with it. Or do you find ways to make them exciting every night after playing them for 40 years?
1: Hell no, they're never boring. I mean, I get this question all the time because people think just because I've played them a million times they would get bored. But I tell you, as soon as the audience reacts the way they do, even a song like Princess of the Dawn, which is so simple, and i got to admit, it's no fun to rehearse that. Without the audience, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's just so simple. It's not very challenging. But as soon as the audience gets into it and they sing along and they react to it, it's one of the funnest songs we have. So I, I wouldn't, you know, trade it for anything. I'm glad we have those songs that we've played so many times because they get the best reaction, and you know, they're like the, I don't know, the 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 building blocks of the show.
0: Did you did you know, for instance, if you take if you take Metal Heart, if you take Balls to the Wall, Restless and Wild, um, or or Fast as a Shark, Metal Heart, Balls to the Wall, Princess of the Dawn. When you wrote those songs and recorded them initially, was there any feeling in you that they would become signature songs all these years later? Did you know that? Did you feel you were creating something that was going to be these sort of signature songs for Accept, or did they uh, just feel like any yeah, other song from those records?
1: Yes and no. Some of them felt a little special. I, I remember Balls to the Wall when, they, when, they, when I wrote that riff and I was bringing them to the guys. I thought. That felt so easy. I mean, it came together so fast and so quickly that we all felt like, does this song exist? (laughs) We knew it wasn't a struggle to write it, and it felt so natural, and it just fell in place so easily that we all had the suspicion we might be fooling ourselves and it's actually a cover song or something. (laughs) Uh, And so that was special, but uh, some other times like Prince of the Dawn, we were just sort of messing around in the studio and experimenting a little bit and this and that, and nobody had any idea that it would turn into a so-called classic and the same with fast as a shark. No, man, we were just back in those days, just doing what felt natural. And, um, you know, later on, then it sort of developed from there. But at the time, no, it was just another song when it happened.
0: And, and there are some people, and I'm sure you've heard this, that feel that Fast as a Shark was kind of like one of the songs that was the, the precursor to Thrash, that the, the double bass mm, yeah. and the speed of that song really laid the groundwork for for what would become Thrash Metal. What were you listening to at that time? Was that a conscious thing at the time to make something that fast and heavy? Were you trying to up the, up the ante over other bands that were happening at the time? And what was your thought when you were making that?
1: Not really, I mean we're our where we come from, and I think I speak for everybody who was back in the band, then it's like more like hard rock, I mean deep purple was a huge influence and a c d c and Judas Priest, but we weren't really thinking about thrash or any of that stuff. It was just one of those songs where we we had the attitude, you know, let's not try to make anything commercial, let's just try to have fun and 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 I remember the drummer came up with the idea of writing a song you know, just double kick all the way through. And, uh, so we went with it and, and, and that song sort of developed over, I don't know, a few days or weeks. And at the time we just thought, you know, we know it's not going to be a radio song or anything, but what the hell, at least we're having fun. So, but at that point, you know, we didn't get this huge immediately, immediate reaction that you get nowadays. When you release something, you know, within heck a couple of hours, whether it's going to be a success or not, or two days, Back then, we just released it, and it sort of developed very, very slowly back. I remember that.
0: Yeah, it's it's really... I'm sure you, when you guys were getting Accept together back in the day in Germany, I, I'm sure that there was no thought in your mind that in 2018, <laughs> you'd be touring and still talking <laughs> about these songs, right? <laughs>
1: Hell no. We always thought, and I always thought, one day you would got to wake up and get a real job and do something proper and forget about this whole nonsense. Because you have to remember, I mean, I keep saying this to people, when we started and when I joined, except the Stones were like, I don't know, in their 20s or maybe in their early 30s, maybe. So the, everybody was young back then. It was just incredible. There was nobody who was like 40 or 50 or 60 making rock music or heavy rock or any any of that, or professional musicians as a career, that whole idea was just virtually unknown. You know, everybody always thought, like, well, you can't do this when you're past 30, forget 40.
0: Right. That's a good you point, know, yeah.
1: Everybody thought it's a young man's game, and even the Beatles or the Stones, you know, they have to get it. You know, they can't do this forever, you know. But guess what? They can and we're still here. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. It, that's a great point. I forget about that. It, people forget that that there was a time where your expiration date, if you are going to play rock, was like 35, 40 years old. Now you've got guys oh, 40, se- I mean, 70 yeah, out 40 there. was
1: even unthinkable. Yeah. I know it. I mean, it, you know, it was all just starting back there, the whole, I guess, music scene and, and rock in general. You know, it's crazy. It's still so young. I mean, it was. Now it's, of course, everything is... 40 50 years ago now but back then it was all in its infancy it's crazy
0: yeah it really is well i want to talk we're going to talk about your upcoming tour dates and of course uh, talk about what's going on now with except but just a few more things on the past did you do you think like you know we talked about mark coming into the band and finding him uh, whatever it is yeah. 10 years or so now i mean I guess that really was a godsend for you guys because if you didn't find a guy like that it's such a tough gig to be able to do the old material justice and write great new stuff and I would imagine we might not be talking right now and there wouldn't be an accept no. right now if you wouldn't have found a guy like that right?
1: That's right. And we we, we had practically given up. We thought we're never we didn't even look for anybody. He just sort of walked into our lives and that sparked the whole reunion and the whole starting the machine back up again but you know we didn't think there was anybody out there who could do that and we had practically given up on the whole idea and then all of a sudden here's mark and that makes peter and i go like man you want to start the band again should we make records again and do all that and hell yeah we did so we wouldn't be talking if we wouldn't wouldn't have run into mark Were you was there
0: was there any hesitation, Wolf? Because you had tried it with another singer without Udo. You tried it with uh, David Reese, who was also American, and that didn't work quite as well. So, was there were you a little gun shy about it at the time, saying, "Do we really want to try this again?"
1: Absolutely, absolutely, were we gun shy, and we were. You know, we, we knew it was going to be tough. We knew people would be, you know, very skeptical. And we were right, they were very skeptical. But then we thought, you know, what we feel right now, at this very moment when we met Mark there in that infamous jam session, other people have to feel the same thing or it it's too good to be true and it has to be it has to work. And we basically said to ourselves, Man, if this doesn't work, I mean we just give up. We're gonna give it all we've got one more time and we make re- records, we go on tour and but this just feels too good to be true it has to work and by god it did
0: and for those that don't know you were working before the band reformed as a photographer right
1: correct yeah yeah we were all basically we're living living a civilian life (laughs) you know doing other stuff and i was a photographer indeed yes sir i was still playing guitar here and there but not professionally and the band was pretty much dormant or non existent at that point you know and then here's mark and we do this jam session and we decide let's start the band again.
0: And uh and for those that don't know Mark does commercial photo Wolf does commercial photography, do you still do it Wolf? Are you still doing it in your in your spare time?
1: No time anymore, man. No I came full circle and I'm a full-time musician again for the last, I don't know, 5 years maybe. You I miss tried it? to do it parallel there for a little while, but it was just getting the touring was getting so intense and you know, I can't do everything, so I decided, you know, Music has always been number one. photography's nice, but you know, hey, I'd rather be on stage playing fast as a shark wouldn't you?: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Well of course, but and, and for <laughs> the type of photography you did was commercial photography, but do you take a camera on the road? Are you somebody that since you travel all over the world that you like to shoot other stuff while you're out there just just for fun as well?
1: I do, but I don't really want to carry all that camera gear anymore. I have to, I have to admit. I I take pictures with my iPhone just like everybody else. It's just because such it's such a hassle to carry that stuff with you at all times, and uh, you know it. it, it, Actually, when I when you take uh, uh, photo gear with you, invariably when you come to a moment that you really need to shoot, the camera is in the hotel room and you don't have it. So I take the iPhone. It's always with me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and uh and let me ask you this what are your thoughts you know for the last few years Udo's been going out playing accept songs and full sets of accept music where for a while he distanced himself from it what are your thoughts on that
1: well I have lots of thoughts of that about that but I'm not going to share them with you I'd rather not comment on that you know because there's been so much back and forth and I think I should stay away from it
0: well, you not commenting on it just says a world about it right then and there.
1: Obviously, I no. You can draw your own conclusion all day long, but I'm not going to get into it, man. It's just not worth it.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you this: Did you do you know that he went to an accept show with the current lineup?
1: Did you mm, did you know that? I didn't know it a, a few years ago. He did. I don't know recently, yeah. but.
0: No, he told yeah. me that on this show that he came to see, accept, and stood in the back and watched the band with Mark.
1: Mm, yeah, why not? Okay, fine.
0: You guys had no idea while you were playing that he was there, I guess.
1: No, no.
0: I just, I found that really fascinating that he would do that, but he said he was just curious to check it out. Mm, yeah,
1: well, why
0: not, man? <laughs> you, I, suffice it to say, there's no time that Wolf Hoffman's going to be at a Nudo show anytime soon, right?
1: yeah like I said, I'd rather not get into the whole Udo thing you know it's just been I get asked so many times and man, it's been so many years it's it's, it's such an old story by now I and mean, we've moved on way beyond way past that and like I said, we've had ten brilliant years we're making cool albums I think we're 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 doing fine so I don't. I don't spend any time thinking about it.
0: Yeah, and I don't think anybody for a minute doesn't think that. But obviously, a big b- part of the material that you do still play was was a was you know he was a part of the band then. So I think yeah, that's so why it comes up. So
1: I'm very proud of the of the history we have together and all that. But I'm just not going to get into the current. He said, she said, whatever. You know. it's not worth it
0: well let me talk let's talk about the current with what accept has going on now so what if uh we you have dates coming up here in america a handful of shows that are and then you go over is it to mexico or other parts of the world tell me what's coming up
1: well yeah we're going to do six shows in the u.s starting in on the uh well starting chicago actually then we're going to do three shows in california and then a little bit of texas and then mexico and then all kinds of crazy countries in south america like brazil argentina chile and all that and then we're actually finishing up in germany we're doing some shows uh in germany so i'm quite excited it's going to be quite a whirlwind round trip again
0: coming right back with more with wolf hoffman of except on this week's eddie trunk podcast this is the eddie trunk podcast Hey, if you guys are looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP, and you might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing true price from true car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the ones you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want, and your certified dealers know this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or a used car, Visit True Car to enjoy more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. We're back with more with Wolf Hoffman of Accept on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Well, the dates here in the U.S., since we're broadcasting to the U.S., we should mention you September 26th, you're in Illinois, as you mentioned, St. Charles at the Here, That's a great theater, I haven't been there yet. 28th, you're at the Canyon Club, Agora Hills, 29th, Pasadena, at the Rose, the 30th, Santa Clarita and October 2nd, Gas Monkey in Dallas, October 4th, White Oak Music Hall in Houston. I have been there. That's a great venue. That'd be a lot of fun to uh, see the band there. So those are the U.S. shows, and then you talk about going outside, the stuff you're going to do outside of the world, or outside of Mm -hmm. uh, America. Where for you, Wolf, these days for Accept, where is the biggest audience for the band? When you go back to Germany, does it feel like a homecoming? Is that where your biggest base is?
1: Yeah, I would probably have to say yes. Uh, because we're from there, we tour there a lot, and, I mean, yeah, I think that's that's probably the, the, the biggest crowds we have are over there. But, man, South America is a second, and, I mean, Russia is really strong. We have, we have places all over the world where we're doing fine. I wish the U.S. were doing a little better because, I mean, it's metal in the U.S. is sort of a little bit dormant right now. I mean, but, you know, there's still fans out there, lots of them, really, but it's just the touring... It's just better for us overseas, unfortunately. Mm. And and I mean, s- go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, I wouldn't say unfortunately. I'm mean, we're very fortunate to have these markets all over the world. I just wish there was more, more going on in the U.S. I mean, we have all these amazing festivals, for instance, in Europe, and and just now there's more and more festivals coming up in the U.S. So, but you know, still, it's the U.S. It used to be the golden era. Was maybe in the 80s, I thought. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think, unfortunately, mainstream radio doesn't really touch heavy music anymore. And yep. I think you you would know this better than anybody. I mean, a big reason why Except got on the radar here in America was because of MTV back in the day. And, yep. and you guys did so well with stuff like Midnight Mover and the Balls to the Wall video and all that. And obviously, there's no big power like that anymore that could just really put a band on the map. So I think those things really come into play. That And, and you, you know, even now, I think everybody's attention, Wolf, is so diverted. It was like... Not to sound like the old man that I am, but it used to be back in the day, it was like a record came out, it was an event, and you
1: waited and... It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I remember those now, days. Now
0: Absolutely. it's like, well, click, oh, it's Friday, click here and you can hear something. It's just not the same relationship people have with the music. It kind of bums me out.
1: It does, it does. And I'm trying not to sound like a bitter old man, but it's, sort of, it, it's, it's turned a little bit into that, where you wonder, like... Was everything better back then? But I don't think it was. It was just a different, totally different landscape, you know.
0: Well, it was a different time, and you had to put more into wanting music. Like, even if you wanted a concert ticket, you wanted the best uh, spot, you'd get to the to the ticket vendor, the earliest and wait in line. You know, now it's not like yeah. that anymore. That the the passion and the the demand and the how, how special and unique it is to get a record, to get a ticket. It's now just not thought of like that anymore. It, there's just too many other distractions. I think that people have, I, I don't know if it's better or worse. I think there's pros and cons to every scenario, but I, I, I see my own kids who are 11 and 14 and the relationship with music is totally different. It's like, Oh, that's available now. I'll just click and listen on my phone. And it, it's different than actually going and buying and holding and going through the booklet. I mean, when I, when I got records, I went through every page of the booklet, read every liner note. And I think a lot of that has been lost.
1: It is. It is. It's just. But what are you going to do? I mean, what is the what is the conclusion we can draw from it? I don't know. I've I, I gave up wondering about it and just know, man. At least we're still out there. We're still kicking ass. We're we're having a fan base, and we still tour the world. We make records, so I shouldn't be complaining. I think we're we're actually doing fine. I'm having a ball, but you know, if you think it all the way through, it is kind of sad. But I'm I'm trying not to do that because, hey, man, it's no sense. You don't want to sound like you know. Like a guy who's always thinking about yesterday and thinking everything was better back then, because that doesn't get you anywhere either. Yeah, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, there's definitely pros and cons to each each situation as as you look at it. One other thing That's did right. I read did I read that you guys recorded a a record with the symphony?
1: Uh, well, yeah, we made a live concert in uh, in, uh in Germany at the biggest metal festival in the world. Last year in August, we recorded our show there. We, It was amazing, man. We uh, had this 50-piece orchestra from Prague, and uh, we played some songs um, from my solo album, Headbanger Symphony, for the first time live. And then as an extra bonus on top of that, we played some Accept songs with an orchestration, which was way cool. It was much better than I thought it was ever going to be, um, because you wouldn't really think of Accept's music With an orchestra per se, but man, when you hear it, it sounds killer. So we were all super excited to perform this for the very first time and live in front of so many people. So we recorded the whole thing, and it's going to come out as a DVD uh, in about I don't know a couple of months, I think, and it's going to be called Symphonic Terror. So stay tuned for that.
0: Wow! So is so is it a full accept set of and then some? Like how how what was the balance? Were you out there alone at one point with the orchestra? How did you break it up?
1: Uh, we actually had three parts to the show. It was kind of trippy, man. We started with some uh, songs from the new album, uh, Rise of Chaos, and some other Accept songs. So that was just the band only, Accept only. And then there was a short transition, and then, poof, there was the orchestra, and and was just me playing some um, instrumental stuff from my solo album for about 30 minutes. And the last hour was Accept with the orchestra. So there's actually three parts to the show, and the whole thing was two hours.
0: Wow, and what except songs did you did you do that? What what did you feel lent themselves best to having orchestration? Because you're right. I mean, I've seen bands when metal bands do this where it's worked, and sometimes where I felt it feels forced and awkward and doesn't work. So, right. so for you, where where did where did you feel it really worked best? What songs did you do?
1: I mean, we played them. I mean, even like "Princes of the Dawn," "Stalingrad," uh, even a song like "Breaker Killer" was an orchestration. I think it's always the the, the, it's not just it's, it's how you do it. I mean, we, we were very careful in the in writing these orchestrations to give room for both the band and the orchestra, uh, and the orchestra um, because you're right. Sometimes it feels they're fighting for attention or they're fighting almost against each other and like seeing who can who can win. <laughs> but we tried to sort of be careful and mindful of that, and, and really took our time to write the orchestration and do all that to where it gives the orchestra enough space and the band enough space. And I think it, in the end it worked really, really well. And a song, a song like Shadow of Soldiers, for instance, man, it's just killer. But we also did Even Fast as a Shark. You wouldn't think that would even work, but it did.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out where the room is for an orchestra and Fast as a Shark.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll watch it and you'll see it. It works, man. I'm super excited about it.
0: Oh, that's cool. You know, Alter Bridge just did that. They're the latest band to do that. They just did a a show with the Symphony at Royal Albert Hall, and they're about to – they put that out on Friday. And and I love that band, and I listen to that as well. And for me, it's always like – I'm curious to see how it's going to work. And in, in, in their case, I thought they worked. I, I thought it worked. They pulled they pulled it off pretty well. But I'm sure it definitely is a different challenge for you guys up there to have. And well, I know you've always been a fan of classical music, and you've done those solo records. So for
1: you, it's, I'm yeah. sure it's
0: something you always wanted to do, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's a, It was really a dream come true. And in, in a way, I mean, I've waited all my life for this. I mean, I've always had this. This sort of fantasy of one day—wouldn't it be cool if we could play together with an, or- with an orchestra? And I never really knew how it would sound, but man, when I heard it, it was just incredible. And I mean, yeah, I'm hooked now. I want more of that. So <laughs> we're trying. Now we're trying to go on the road with this uh, setup for next year, and we've already booked shows for that. And you know, to do a an indoor version of that same concert, and I think it's going to be pretty sweet.
0: So you you think you could actually tour would you just pick up a different orchestra in in each city how would you do that you you, you wouldn't be able to tour with the same one would you
1: uh yeah sometimes if it's within like driving and trucking distance yes um, but of course if you fly somewhere you got to pick up a new orchestra you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily charter a whole plane full of orchestra musicians but if it's like sort of driving distance you would try to do the same but actually i'm talking as if i've already done it we're currently just working exactly that out I mean I know we're going to be, be doing some shows in Russia for instance and we're going to fly there and use a Russian orchestra for those shows but then everything else is still in the works how we do it it's just going to be tricky man
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah well it sounds like a cool challenge and then one last thing have you guys thought about or have you been writing or considering the next record at all
1: we've been considering it <laughs> that's as far as it has come considering it but we haven't actually started anything now no, i've got to be honest i mean i laid down some ideas here and there and it's it's a the very first baby step but man we've been so busy touring and all that we really at some point need to lock the doors and start working again and it it, it will happen maybe early next year or so
0: are you the kind of guy that's always writing even on the road or do you just have to dedicate time and sit down to do it or, or is it, is it always just an idea comes to you and then you go running to your recorder and, and knock it down?
1: Yeah, I'm no, I'm not writing on the road that much. Actually, funny enough, this last tour and a half, I've been starting to write a little bit here and there, but I'm the guy who has to sit down and, and, and make time and just, you know, like I said, lock the doors, throw away the phone and, and force myself into it. Then it starts happening.
0: Well, it's good catching up with you, man. It's been a little bit. Again, everybody check out Accept on the Road in the U.S. Again, the date's uh, at acceptworldwide.com. But you're going to be in uh, outside of Chicago, St. Charles. You'll be in Agora Hills, some West Coast stuff, the uh, Pasadena, Santa Clarita. And then in Texas, Dallas, and Houston. The date's again at acceptworldwide.com for all the info and updates on what's going on with the band and as somebody who's seen you guys uh, a lot in in recent years, especially since Mark has been there, I would encourage was- everybody to get out and go see these shows if they are coming anywhere near you, because you guys are still a powerful, powerful band. It's still amazing to watch you guys do what you do. And uh, I'm sure you feel the same way. I mean, I'm sure you feel real good about how this band's sounding right now.
1: I think, actually, we're having a better time than ever. I mean, these last few years have been so consistent, and I think it's getting better and better better every every year. I can't believe it. I mean, we're having a ball right now. We're on a roll.
0: And after all these decades, that's pretty much, that's what's probably most important, to be having fun and enjoying it. I mean, nobody wants to be out there and be miserable and hating each other. To be able to go out there and have fun, as well as play the songs that you, you created, is, is got to be a big key.
1: It is. It is. Definitely is. I mean, you would. nobody's would do this if we were not having fun and, and, you know, this is really what we want to do in life. And, you know, like I said, we wouldn't, nobody's forcing us to do this. We're really doing it because we want to and because the audience loves it and we love it. And Hey man, so we keep going.
0: Well, Wolf, I'm glad you are. Great to talk to you. Send my best to your wife and uh, good luck with these dates. If I'm anywhere in those cities, when you're playing, I'll try to pop
1: out and see you. But if not,
0: I hope to see you soon.
1: See you soon, brother. Great talking with you. Great catching up.
0: You too, and I look forward to that symphony record. When it's out, we'll do something for that. Yes, please. All right, man. You (laughs) got it. Take care. Metal, metal. I'll see you, Wolf. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, my thanks to Wolf Hoffman of Accept for joining me on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Always great to talk to Wolf. Good to see the band doing so well. Look forward to that album with that symphony. That should be pretty darn cool. My thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. I thank you for listening wherever, whenever, and however you do it. Be sure to follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. EddieTrunk.com is the official online home. And uh, as I mentioned, I'm out there on the road often, so be sure to follow, and I'll keep you updated with everything I have going on Twitter, where I am most active. And check out all the dates and all the appearances. Listen to me every day on Sirius XM Channel 106 Volume, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time Live, replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, on demand anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. And, uh, what else did I want to tell you? Something else, something else I forgot. I forgot. Ah, anyway, I'll remember. (laughs) Next Thursday is another all new episode of the podcast. And, uh, I'll see you guys out there on the road. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening. Football season is here, and no one covers football like Podcast One Sportsnet. We've got you covered on a daily basis with Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen. This might be just a walk in the park. R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, and Ross Tucker's Fantasy Feast podcast.
1: They're just creating more work for me at this point.
0: We also have Jim Harbaugh with Attack Each Day, and Revenge of the Jocks with Martellus Bennett.
1: Football is the ultimate soap opera.
0: So download all of these shows and more each week on PodcastOneSports.com.